Don't get nervous on me now. <laughs> you know, it's funny, and I'm going to say this before we start. We're com- it's four fucking people in a room. And I'm nervous. Are you nervous? I'm not nervous. That's weird, isn't it? <clears throat> Am I fucking weird? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. My this this is completely foreign to me, so welcome to Talk Thirty to Me, a show where we talk about the perspective of thirty somethings on life, love, and the never ending pursuit of fulfillment. My name is Anthony, but most people just call me Turg. And I'm Randy Z. Let's start the show. Well, here we are at uh, Talk 30 to Me. A um, lot of focus, mental energy, emotional energy went into this idea. And the entire purpose of this podcast isn't isn't really clear to us yet. But that's the beauty of podcasting because you don't have to have a real grasp on what you're doing. You just have to have an idea. And that's what most things start off with an idea it's a seed we plant the seed we want to grow a new plant obviously it's not going to grow a new plant overnight i have a garden i know shit does not grow overnight and it's frustrating and it's going to we're going to have some growing pains and it's going to be an intense journey but we appreciate whomever is listening to this whether or not we have anyone listening to this um our our one listener probably two listeners our moms I hope not, because some of the content that I'm sure we're going to cover is not mom appropriate. I Yeah, I, I sorry, mom. <clears throat> I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> but this whole idea, this whole podcast kind of came about, this whole podcast kind of came about with uh, the film I was working on this past summer. Uh, I woke up on my 30th birthday. I felt like I really needed to document what 30 was and what it was about, because I don't, I don't know why. I was just overcome with emotion on that day. Right. Uh, naturally and I I didn't know what I was doing I jumped out of my comfort zone and I jumped into film I've never made a film in my life let alone know how to put together a film or even like create I just went out there and just documented stuff I hit the road and I had these great conversations with people and that I really just didn't want that to end so I think part part of my contribution to this podcast I really want to keep that conversation going and just talking to people about how are you feeling at 30 what is life like for you right now or do you are you where you thought you'd be? Is it what you thought it would look like? A lot of times, yes. Or actually, a lot of times, no. Sometimes, yes. Uh, but hearing the story of how they got to where they are and the acceptance of it all, that's always very interesting. And that's something I want I want to share and highlight for people. That's a unique focus. That's a unique perspective, rather, that you bring to it. Because how do you know what 30 is until you're there? You don't. It's, it's the xenophobia that we all kind of struggle with on a daily basis. Now brought to the forefront because... We have to face this reality that was once just a far-fetched idea of being 30, and now it's actually here. It's tangible. We are 30. We have to accept it because we have no other choice. So now what do we do? And you're capturing the essence. So I remember you were pitching me with the idea, and as a matter of fact, um, full disclosure, you were recording me, and I had no idea. So I am in this movie. I am featured, and I had no idea what it was going to be used for. And then you, you brought it to my attention. I was like, that's pretty cool. And I remember you commenting on the fact that what I said was so raw and so real that it, it really struck a chord with you. And I feel like that is your 
you have that emotional energy and you only have so much, but you kept it growing and you kept, you kept really, you kept sustaining it primarily because you fed off of other people's stories and other people's journeys, their experiences. And that's the unique element behind what you did. So when you pitched me with that idea and, and you kind of brought it full circle, I think this was at, um, yeah, this is when you came back from your trip. Because mm-hmm. it, it, it started with the uh, the day that we met Big Baby after the Clipper game. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. That was last season, uh, right before the postseason, right? It was probably right. March. Right. No, was that was that the game that they lost the 20-point lead? No, 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 okay. no, no, no. They do all those events during the regular season. Oh, okay. Yeah. The photo, we got to meet so, Big Baby, right. little background. Got to meet Big Baby, waited like two hours after the game just to meet Big Baby, and it was like a 15-second picture, and we were done. Yeah. Was it really two hours? I don't think it was that bad. After the game, yeah, we got out pretty late. Uh-huh. We got out close to midnight. So then it must have been a, a series of three Clipper games where we came up with this idea for the podcast, because one was pitching you the film yep. one was just catching up after i just got back and then one was at a clipper practice, practice this preseason right at usc where we yeah. said you know we should really get together like a couple times a month and just talk about 30 and and it wasn't in the sense of like what's going on in life but no it was in the sense of what's going on in life but also just little things like when i was on the road i spent two weeks or a week in new york and i was sleeping on a combination of either air mattresses and and couches sounds comfortable and i threw out my bag <laughs> and it was it was horrible. I woke up one day and I was just like, I'm I'm not going anywhere. I canceled my interviews for the day and I just kind of laid there until my back was good enough for me to to get up and move again. But that's part of what 30 is. Like you pull muscles and you're not even doing anything. You you throw your back out. The the recovery time for your first hangover at 30 is ridiculous. I think I missed three days of work. I I I am I am absolutely serious. You can't be serious. Three days of work for a hangover? Well, no. Okay, so my birthday. You're always kind of a lightweight. I get that. Oh. But come on, taking it, take, <laughs> taking three days off of work. Okay, so I might have embellished a little bit, but still, I I was absolutely hungover. I didn't. I couldn't even move till three o'clock the next afternoon after my birthday, my thirtieth birthday. But then I was still sick that Monday and that Tuesday. So what did you do for your thirtieth then? Dude, we just went to a local bar in Long Beach. It just wasn't even. Out. Yeah. What? Which bar? Uh, the Stash Bar. Stash Bar. Yeah. Okay. I have to check that out. That is kind of the whole full circle approach, and just talking about what it what it means to be thirty. I don't. I don't. It's our it's our generational struggle. Like hashtag the struggle is real. All that all that crap that's going out there with the hashtags and the tweeters and the. Twatters. <laughs> the the Twitter game is real though. I mean that's a that's an element that that embodies our generation. Yeah. And that format is kind of preface uh, take takes precedence to preface this conversation mm-hmm. because it is the reality of conversation that we're opening up in a more controlled environment because Twitter is is fucking relentless. I mean it's out there. It's it's its own. <laughs> It's its own beast, is it not? I mean, it, yeah. it, it's uncontrollable. Right. It is it is the untamed beast of the internet. Well, all, all social media social media is. I think I to think an anything, extent. I think if anything's untamed, Facebook has No. Facebook has etiquette. You can't go on Facebook and post certain things because you know someone could potentially find them. On Twitter, you're virtually anonymous. 
I guess. You have that veil of anonymity following you on Twitter that you do not have on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Because Facebook attaches persona. Twitter attaches whatever you want it to attach. (laughs) And you can completely make up whomever. I mean, you can do the same thing with Facebook, granted. Right. But it takes a little bit more involvement. Twitter, you could just get on, make an account, and boom, you're someone else. Right. And that's, that's the beauty of it. So getting back to... Getting back to all that, this talking, this discussion about 30, in reality, I haven't seen it to, to the best of my knowledge, has not been in this kind of environment where we can control it and kind of discuss what it means to be 30 in a way that I think we're, we're thinking. Mm-hmm. And, and from the creative uh, development that we've put into this over the past few months, I think we could definitely take this to a whole new level. Yeah. A level that I think is needed out there because a lot of people are turning 30 or, or already 30 and haven't really had the time to sit down and think about what it means to be 30. Right. This is a generational struggle. I, it's, it's deeper than that, too, because we also have two different lifestyles. You're married with kids. Mm-hmm. I'm single and living. And it, I ho- I'd hope so. <laughs> I'd hope that last part was true. Right. No, I mean... I was I don't know what I was trying to insinuate but that the point I was trying to make is is it's two different lifestyles that we have and and both are very very present realities at 30. It, your life could be at either point or in between or in between. And, and that's the beauty of it, right? That is. And it offers different perspectives and it also gives different things become important to you. And you start to see the world a little differently. Certain things that used to matter don't matter. New things that you never cared about, you start to care about. And that's kind of the transition to 30. Not to say it's this this real adulthood. It's just a different time in life. It's an age. And that's the reality of it. It's an age and that's all it is. It does not bring mental maturity. It does not bring mental acuity. It does not somehow evolve you into a person. It confronts you with this number. And it asks you to decide what you want to do with that number. Does that make any sense? I, I don't know. I kind of spaced out right there. <laughs> I, saw, <laughs> I saw your eyes kind of glaze over. I was wondering what the hell was going on. <laughs> like, did I just fucking blow, blow your mind right there or what? I think you did, man. I, I had Okay. <laughs> we got this number, and that's really all it is. It's mm-hmm. a number. Mm-hmm. It doesn't dictate whether or not you have to grow up. But most people see it as a wake-up call, which oh, is yeah. unfortunate. Yeah. You have to wait that long to actually get that slap in the face like, wake up. Mm-hmm. You have to wait until you're 30 or approaching 30 until that reality becomes a little bit more tangible. Like like I mentioned before, it's that tangible element that scares a lot of people, that right. confronts people with that, hey, I have to grow up. I have to get my shit together because if I don't, I'm probably going to end up working a nine to five for the rest of my life trying to figure out where I'm going. And that never ending cycle is going to perpetuate itself into some kind of downward spiral. And it's that fear that drives people to evolve. Mm -hmm. But I don't think 30 actually pushes people in the way that traditional society dictates. Like by 30, you have to have a job, wife, kid, house, mortgage, all that. Now it's now, kind of, yeah. right? Yeah. It's completely changed. Absolutely. I feel like in my 20s, I'm looking back at it now, I felt so invincible. 
there's there's just i I was Mm -hmm. doing i was Mm -hmm. doing so much uh definitely burnt the candle from both ends but was okay with it and i you know could persevere through it now i try to do the same thing and it's just like okay i need to take a week off i am like you can hear it in my voice like i've i've been doing too much this last couple weeks have not been resting and and now now it's starting to wear on me and i feel like i'm getting sick and i just i just can't live like i did when i was 20. right yeah, your immune system is so in tune with the way your body functions now, which is kind of stupid and redundant to say, but you don't realize it until you grow old, mm-hmm. older rather. We're no, we're in no means advocating that thirty is old. When you're getting older, your body starts to evolve, and that's another one of the, the right. major predominant uh, topics that we're going to be covering um, as we go along this journey. But uh, I remember thinking that 30 was so old and life would be so different. And I get there and I'm at 30 and it's like, I'm barely figuring it out. I'm I'm just hitting my stride. You know what I mean? With what I know I'm good at, what I know I bring to the table when I, you know, when I'm doing the consulting or what I'm doing, what other projects I'm working on, I have a very strong sense of self. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, not to say in my 20s that I kind of faked it or was just kind of going through the motions, but I had a false sense of uh, assurement, I guess you could say. Um, I don't know if assurement. I don't think assurement is a word. I was trying to run Assurance. With it. I don't know. No. Oh, anyway. Security? I think I, not false sense of security, but just this. I had a lot of confidence for no reason. Not to say I was cocky, but I just believed in myself right. way more than I thought I should. Or, right. May, I don't know. It's probably, anyway, let's not get hung up on the word. Well, <laughs> I, it is a defining factor as to okay. what you're trying to describe. But okay, well, we I, I kind of get what you're talking about, even though I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Um, the word is hanging me up. Okay. Find that word and co- we'll come back. We'll, cir- okay. we'll circle back around to that. But that's a very good point because <laughs> I'm running into an industry right now. I'm running into... A lot of people that are older mm-hmm. and they figured that out. They figured out what they contribute to society, what their overall societal contribution now is. Mm-hmm. I'm worried that it's going to take that long for me to figure that out. And I don't want that to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't want to wait until I'm 55, 60, and then it clicks. This is what I've been doing my whole life. This is my contribution. This is what I'm really good at. That scares me. Mm-hmm. So, that translates into a headstrong, very reckless me. Mm-hmm. And now at 30, I'm kind of reeling that in and saying, hold on, that might not be the smart way of going about things. I need to kind of take a step back and calm things down and let things unfold before I kind of force them to unfold. Mm-hmm. You know, like invoking my will on something like I want it. I'm going to manipulate my environment or my surroundings or the people around me to get it. Mm-hmm. That's what I used to do. And that goes along with the 20s. Yes, exactly. Right? That's exactly what it sounds like. You right. were far more eloquent than I was in trying to explain <laughs> that. But yes, I mean, what do I do? Just like, oh, cosign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can cosign for it. All right, cool. So You just have. I just signed for it. <laughs> um, where are we at? What do we want to... Well, I mean, we could talk about our mentions. Okay. So let's go on to a segment where we discuss... Our mentions for the week, for the podcast, really, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, this could cover old business that maintains relevance or impact or new business that we're developing. Um, anything that's on our mind, backburner stories, something interesting. Doesn't really have to cover a whole lot of breadth, but it's the depth that we're worried about. Yes. So I think you had an interesting mention you mentioned to me earlier. It's <laughs> yes, funny. Yes, 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 yes. So I was with a, a friend. I was doing their one-year-old's uh, birthday photo shoot. I was taking care of the images for them. And uh, when I got there, he had his headphones, and I was like, oh, what are you listening to? And he was listening to a, a book on – on. Um, I mean, you can't say book on tape because he was listening to his phone. So, I mean, audio book, I guess, is the correct term. And it was he was using Audible, and I was like, oh, I've heard about that app. You know, what's really good with it? And he gave me the, the rundown of, like, how much he pays, how, you know, how much books cost and all that stuff. And I was like, okay, that's that's pretty cool. I talked to my sister about it after because she's a very avid reader. And I was like, hey, have you heard about this? Do you have any other uh, options? And she's like, you know, you could just check these out from the library, and they have an app where you can download not just ebooks, but audiobooks straight to your your phone or your iPad. Right, and I was just right. like, really? The beauty of technology, right? Right. So yeah. over the last week, I've been on a library kick, and I've gotten five library cards. Five library cards. Five library cards. Because the thing is, not every library has every book. And That's crazy, right? So who has a, who who goes after library cards now in the digital age? <laughs> right. Well, here's here's the thing. That's a quick sidebar. I. I had this idea to not only get library cards from every city that I go to, if they let me, I'm not even sure if they will, but kind of make a little centerpiece, like an art piece out of the library cards. Because I'm never going to use them once I input the information into the to the iPad. Never going to the library. It's all for just using the app. And getting as many free books as you can. Because I think free you can only check out, like, what, one at a time, I, no, I believe? 15 books at a time. Digital? Yeah. No shit. But there's not that many books available. Because other people have checked them out? No, just not available. So, like, okay. for example. So selection-wise. Selection-wise, yes. I guess I don't need the example. No, <laughs> I <guess>. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, I'm not sorry. I, I just cut out five minutes of airtime right there. <laughs> so, anyway, figuring out what books I wanted to get, I went through some books that I had been meaning to read. I added them. I'm on the on the, whole, on the wait list um, to get to those mm-hmm. ones. Mm-hmm. And then I went through... Um, my Amazon wish list, which I have a, a wish list of just books I wanted to read. And I'll plug that wish list real quick of the URL. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know the URL, so can't even do that. But I uh, I went and picked up some books out of that wish list. And one of the books that, that was uh, available was called She Comes First. And I added this to my list uh, during a time when I had was, – well, it was before I broke up with my last girlfriend when we were having issues with uh, – my time management, I guess you could say, right. and making her a priority in my life. So I saw that book and I saw the title and I was like, oh, this will help me reprioritize and how to put her first. Right. So I get the book, I'm listening to it, and it is actually a explicit how-to guide of cunning linguists. Cunning linguists, huh? Cunning linguists, there it is. Cunning linguists are, are a rap group. That's, whoops. <laughs> yeah, so it's a... It, I mean, I finished the book because, I mean, it was useful information, but mm. not what I thought I was going to get. So did she come first? Don't know yet. Oh. <laughs> Stay tuned for Stay more. Tuned. <laughs> In our next episode. So that's that's actually a, a really interesting story because I was there, um, I think, when we were en route to the Dodger game. Oh, God, three years ago. Dodgers, Giants, would all, we, me and Randy would always go. And 
that was the beauty of our, our Dodger outing. We would always talk about something. And, you know, in, in, in essence, this podcast idea really was ongoing. It's been ongoing for a while. We just never really put it pen to paper, so mm-hmm. to speak. We were talking about your issues with your ex, mm-hmm. and I think it was Pancake Breakfast. That was, yes, Pancake Breakfast. Yes, I think so. So no, that was that was that was actually that was that was three years ago. So that was a different girl. That was a different one. Oh man, that was a different. See, one. this is too hard to keep up pancake with you breakfast. and your. Yeah. You remember Pancake Breakfast? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we're on the our, same page. Our producer just uh, motioned. Uh, what, what? I don't even know how to describe that. Gun to throat. Gun to throat. <laughs> Just yeah. kill yourself. <laughs> so it was bad. It was it was one of those toxic relationships I kept begging you to get out of every time we spoke, and yet you wanted to stick it out. And it seems like everyone has their type. And I ta- I, I remember, this is jogging my memory now, to three years back where I, I said, forgot about this. everyone has their type. Mm-hmm. You, that's your type. Yeah. You're gravitated to the emotionally damaged, self-centered <laughs> And no, no, no. I mean, this is not <laughs> to say that you're going after. No, it is to say that you're going after the wrong person because you really are. But, but that doesn't uh, subtract from the detract rather from the fact that we all have to endure those relationship growing pains, life growing pains, so on and so forth. That is your journey. You still haven't evolved out of that. And like I said earlier, 30 doesn't change anything unless you want it to change. Mm-hmm. So that's your challenge. Right. And that's a lot of people out there. I mean, they gravitate toward the same kind of person. Some of us get lucky enough to find that person we click with and make it work. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong. Relationships do not fucking work on their own. They don't. You have to put in some work. You have to kind of do your due diligence. You have to put in a lot of effort. But it's a two-way street. With you, it's a lot more difficult because the kind of girl you go after typically doesn't want to put in the work. I, I guess, yeah. It's an outsider's I point I of view. I, it doesn't have to be right, but that's... I mean, I, I'm not trying to throw anybody into the bus. Like, you know, because a relationship is a two-way street. It is. And, you know, I'm, I'm just as guilty for being stubborn in my ways for no. particular things. You know, and... You know, but you read the book. I read the book. She comes first. She comes first. Double entendre, by the way, for those of you that didn't pick that up. <laughs> Oh man, great! Forgot to mute the laptop. <laughs> it was. If it was during audio, that would have been shit. Yeah, so that's that was my story for the week as far as <laughs> my mentions. That's, uh, I mean, you can't get any better than that. It's it's the quintessence of what we're trying to accomplish, mm-hmm. and we're trying to get that word out. Mine isn't so interesting. Mine was I started a bullet journal. <laughs> and it, the funny, the funny origin story about this is it happened last week. Randy came over and we were doing a creative session on the podcast, and I was like, "Hey, what's that?" And I pointed to his notebook, and he was like, "It's a bullet journal." I was like, "Oh, I heard about that. I want to do something like I started one before. Didn't really like it. Didn't stick because I don't think I really understood the concept, and it's a very vague concept. And mm-hmm. I'll, I'll explain my journey. Um, but I was very intrigued by it, so um, I, I picked up a moleskin. Yep. Uh, a moleskine. 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 Do you say it like that? That's apparently. If Did you, you? Depends uh, on your income level, really. Can you? <laughs> like Target. Right. <laughs> right. Um, so I picked up a moleskin. It's a beautiful orange, yellow orange. I tried to get, you know, 
San Francisco Giants colors, but that's the closest I can get. Mm-hmm. Um, and I Googled bullet journal and the tab stayed open on my Chrome browser for probably three days before I actually had the time to sit down and really look at it. So I watched that stupid video that's on their homepage. Really dumb. <laughs> Doesn't tell you anything about it. I go on the website. I click on, you know, get started here or how to start or, or whatever the hell it was. It takes you through the kind of the journey to get a bullet journal established. Taught me absolutely nothing. Maybe the very, very base portion of how to start a bullet journal. But not really, hey, this is how you start a bullet journal. Let's get going. And and this is what you got to do. I guess, and that's kind of cool because it gives you the creative license to design it however you want. And people take it way too far in my opinion. (laughs) But after a lot more research, I got really kind of disgusted by it because I was looking at these people with their artwork. And I'm sure you've seen it, right? Yes. I was looking at people with this these elaborate moleskin journals or moleskine journals and drawings and colors and it looks like it took hours to do maybe not it could have been less than that for them because they're artistically talented I'm not so it was a very discouraging thing for me to see <laughs> um and, and and I got into this whole bullet journaling thing after doing research on it because of productivity and that struck me as kind of ironic that they took this bullet journal and turned it into the anti-productivity journal mm-hmm. with decorations and art and time invested into it where it's supposed to be a, I have 30 seconds to get this thought on paper before I forget it forever. Because we've all tried putting notes onto our phones and they get lost and buried and there are millions of them on my phone. I know I can't find them when I need them. Mm -hmm. This is a nice way to consolidate and it's right here in front of me. And this is a very nice way of consolidating your thoughts on paper Mm -hmm. because it gets that energy reallocated that mental capacity that you have you know you have 100% and you got to allocate that in certain segments to certain things throughout your day I find that now I can allocate a a lot more of my time to creativity instead of being stuck trying to remember the subtle nuances of my day what I have to do who I spoke with what the outcome of that was work and personal life and Mm -hmm. it's a good way of kind of detailing all that out there and these people are out there just taking it the whole nine yards and beyond and that was kind of frustrating I had no no tangible grasp of what I wanted it to be, but the beauty of the bullet journal is it could be whatever you want it to be. Mm-hmm. You can pick and choose your your things and that kind of that was the allure of it. So I just gave up on the frustration and I said, "Okay, I'm just going to take it and make it my own." It's the first one isn't going to be perfect, and it's perfect timing too since it's January. Right. 2016 brand new year. Mm-hmm. Got to start it from the get. Yeah. Right? I wanted to do the same thing, but I felt bad wasting paper. So you started, and, and that's the funny part about it. And most people I read um, blog posts on uh, commented on the fact that you archive these things year by year, even if they're not finished, right. and you watch your progression throughout the years. I thought that was actually kind of the beautiful artistic portion yes. of it. You don't need to put drawings and shit in it to make it artistic. Right. The art is your life. Your right. your life becomes a story in essence. Yeah that you wrote yourself it's kind of like an autobiography yeah you know that's that's the that was the allure of it for me and i don't even use it that way and i looking at yours it's far more prolific than mine mine is really just like okay these are the tasks these are the things i need to get done right and just prioritizing but the goal was to be able to start documenting things because you know i'm involved in a lot and it's right it's you nice are. to kind of do record keeping and be able to look back because eventually i'd love to do a memoir you know even like diving back into my family history and then 
you know, family history also starts over when you start your own family and Correct. stuff like that, right? right? So it's just chronicling these chronicling these events to share with my non-existent child one day. Well, I mean, I'm sure you'll <laughs> you'll get there, and that's you don't necessarily have to invest that emotional energy or that that mental energy trying to get that thought or those memories or those ideas that you had back then back into your mind. They're already there for you to reference. Mm-hmm. So you're saving yourself a lot of anguish in the future, I guess. It, it, I, I, I love it. I absolutely love it. I'm, I don't think I can get away from it because I'm one day into it. Like no, no bullshit. I, I, I think this is going to help actually take me to another level in terms of my, my creativity, which has been very sparse lately. Mm. I haven't been very creative and that's kind of stifling, you know? The older you get, you get buried in your bills and your debts and your relationships, platonic or or romantic, Mm -hmm. and you just forget to be human. And the element of being human is being creative and, and harnessing that insane power that we possess to just get out there and be unique Mm -hmm. in our own, in our own regard. And we often forget that. And this is a beautiful part of having this because I can get all the bullshit in here. And this is my brain now. God forbid I lose it. Right. No, I'm serious. If I, I mean, if I'm a month into this or let's say a year into this and I lose it, that would be fucking devastating. Right. But then, you know, you believe in humanity. Your contact info is on the first page. It is. And they tell you to do that. They tell you to put your contact info right there in case you lose it. Right. And offer a, a, a reward. I don't right. know if I'm comfortable with paying someone for that. The fucking journal is like almost $30 on its own. <laughs> I think I should offer a reward for it. Right. But Here's I'm, a Starbucks gift card. Thanks. Yeah, $5. <laughs> Undisclosed amount. You'll find out when you go to the register. It's really empty. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a bitch? You're perpetuating uh, a, a cycle of hate by doing that. I, you Karma. took it to the point of giving him an empty card. I said, give it, I, I was being genuine. <laughs> give him a Starbucks gift card. You said you have an abundance of them. So that's uh, like, give I do. Off your hand. Yeah, I have too many Starbucks gift cards. Okay. So the next segment we would like to kind of go into uh, would be our projects. Anything that's going on right now um, in our lives that is taking up a good majority of our time. Um, we'd like to kind of discuss that because that also goes along the whole being 30 theme. You get involved in a lot more because you can invest a lot more of your time in it because you, you're starting to firmly believe that you can accomplish these things. Mm-hmm. So what do you got going on? Projects. Um, the two big ones that I have are one, this podcast, getting that done. Oh yeah. It's huge. But I mean, I feel like it escalated <laughs> quickly because we met what Thursday, we've been talking about it for a while. We met last Thursday, I believe. No, yeah. last Friday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah. Um, and we just knocked out the entire show outline and here we are, what, five days later? Yeah. Quick turnaround mm-hmm. on the first recording. Minus the three hours it took to set up today, which won't happen every time, I three promise. Three hours. We were supposed to be recording at 6. It is 9, 10 p.m. And this was only supposed to run like half an hour, 40 minutes. It's uh, Everything's revolving around 30 for me right now. So it's with this podcast and then it's with my, my documentary. I'm in the... Uh, the editing phase and I am absolutely in over my head and I enjoy it. I'm trying to figure it all out. I've never told a story through film before. So trying to figure all that out as I go is, is, is frustrating. It's a challenge. What's the challenging part about it? Uh, it's, well, one is sifting through one, finding the time to sift through all the hours of footage that I have. 
And then two, I already have the, the, the outline for the film, but picking the right footage that's going to tell that part of the story and mixing it all together. And and you're doing this all by yourself? Uh, no, I have a uh, assistant editor that's been working with me, uh, or also our producer. <laughs> <laughs> so the movie is taking a lot, uh, the documentary rather, is taking a lot of your time. Mm-hmm. Coupled with the podcast, do you think that's kind of helping progress the story a little bit, kind of helping open up that creative part of your brain that might have been stifled by the overwhelming need to get the documentary done? Absolutely. Um, I think I needed a win. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And this yeah, this definitely relate. gave me that little ounce of like, yes, we, we completed something. Because during, during the holidays... I had I had what two weeks off, so I thought I was gonna be able to like carve some time out and just really work on a uh, trailer to start because I figured that's a, you know don't try to do the whole thing do do trailer first and see if you can you know figure that out and then go to the bigger beast. I got sick, didn't get any of that done, so this podcast came in. Just like okay, well I took one L two weeks ago. At least we got a W today, right? Um, but a- after that, I definitely see the podcast making a feature in the film at some point. Uh, probably e- either in a monologue or a closing kind of deal, but I don't. I don't know. I'm still really figuring it out. I did some filming on New Year's actually, um, so it's ongoing. Yeah, you didn't just cut off so filming and and say this is it. This is where my terminus is. <laughs> I need to kind of you know break it off here and not add anything else because in in reality you are adding more work. Right, right. There's there's more there's more scenes to be filmed. Uh, because what I did, I spent the entire month of July on the road filming. Um, and I did seven cities, 17 days. Uh, and I, I, don't, I don't remember how many interviews I did with different people that I've, I've met throughout the years. And reconnected with people that I haven't seen in over 10 right. years. And friends that moved out of state and got to catch up with them either at airports or uh, in, their, in their new hometowns. And it was, it was a lot of fun. And that was just a part of the film. You know what I mean? There's... Hmm. just seeing where everybody else is with it. And there's other aspects of the film that telling the story and documenting where 30 is. So, it, I mean, it's coming to a close. I was really trying to hit festival season this year. I thought it'd be a lot further in the editing process, so that's a little discouraging. But at the same time, I mean, it's no rush. Can you make it? I, I want to say no, but you never know. I think I think some start as early as March for submissions. Hmm. Yeah, you're cutting it kind of close. Yeah, it's already January. Well, I mean, you got time. I do. March four submissions, so you have a window there to right. work with as well. I think you, I think you should be fine. Yeah, well, I'm also on the road the next couple of weeks too, so it's. So tell me about that. What do you? That goes along the theme of tell me about your projects. Oh, you know, I help a buddy out. He has a, a, a it's not a basketball company, but he has this company that runs clinics and training camps and tournaments. Uh, and they're expanding out of Orange County, so they're going to be doing major cities. And I'm going with them to uh, Phoenix to help out with some of the photography for player profiles. Nice kids. I'm guessing. Yeah. Okay. okay. So I think I think it's as young as probably like first, second grade, all the way up to eighth grade. That's nice. That's outreach. Yeah, that's great. That kind of stuff is very uh, '90s esque. You don't see a lot of those community engagement kind of things anymore i i know i used to be involved in a lot of that kind of stuff i loved it uh kind of unfortunate how southern california i grew up in san francisco southern california it doesn't feel like it's as accessible as it is in san francisco san francisco strikes me as more of a community than los angeles 
Are you talking about for sports or just in general? Sports and okay. and kind of in general. Mm-hmm. Kind of in general, everything's kind of in pockets here. Mm-hmm. It's not distributed evenly, but I guess that's the beauty of San Francisco. It's so tiny, area-wise, square footage-wise, right. that you don't have a lot of. Um, you don't have to travel very far to get involved in something. You know, right. there's a lot of localities here. Everything's so damn spread out. Yes, that's very difficult to find that pocket. And when you do, it usually involves a twenty to thirty minute commute. Mm-hmm. Just kind of, uh, that's yeah. So very enduring. It, it is, but then I think what well maybe this this might be a universal thing, but I feel like out here it's a very prominent, which is the uh, the parents that go to the next level with how involved their kids are and how. Mm. They have those poor little kids spread so thin or involved in, yeah. you know, they have private training before they go to practice. It's the Hollywood mentality. I, 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 okay. Yeah. It's a Hollywood complex. Ooh. So I got a couple things going on. Well, not really. I really only had one thing go on this past what was that? few days. My wife and I went to Ikea about three months ago. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, told, I mentioned this to you. Um, we bought a closet. So we went to Ikea. We purchased a closet. And it's this huge, you know, goes floor to ceiling, takes up a whole wall kind of thing. And it's no joke. I built the damn thing. It took me a day. <laughs> Less the door. Now, we bought this closet with a sliding glass door, too. Okay? So, you know, glass doors come in pair, pairs. Mm-hmm. The whole closet took me a day to build. The doors alone took me a day. That's how ridiculous this IKEA shit is. I don't I'm sorry, I'm trying to understand. So these So these this, closets, I bought four, okay, cabinets that I put them together and they made a closet. And it's actually not bad quality. It's actually pretty good quality when you assemble the whole thing and kind of put it together and mount it to the wall. Mm-hmm. It's solid. Like I could probably take a linebacker and have him run through it and he probably won't break it down. Uh, It'll probably break it down. It will. It's particle board, fuck's sake. <laughs> and so I put them all together. And the two corner cabinets had doors on them, wooden doors, and it's this wavy, cool texture. And we put those on the end door, uh, the end cabinets, and the two center cabinets, where the two center cabinets are, is supposed to be this beautiful glass slide, sliding glass door set. So you have to build the frame, and then the glass came in boxes, and you got to take all the glass out and and put the frame. In. And the frame is metal, and obviously metal and glass. If you treat them, you know, wrong chip break scuff all this so you got to be very careful that was my project putting those glass doors together and those doors took as long as the damn cabinets in the closet to build putting on the glass doors after you install the cabinets you have to undo a lot of your installation for the cabinet to get the damn glass doors on (laughs) which is why it took so long to do so you find that out after the fact. And they don't tell you. And the funny part about IKEA instructions is it's all piecemeal. You buy one set. They have their own set of instructions. They don't tell you how that set interfaces with another set. They expect you to figure that shit out on your own. So they're like, hey, surprise. We'll give you three quarters of the instructions. You figure out the other 25%. <laughs> that's IKEA. And that's why they're so damn cheap. That was my project. It's pretty. I mean, this is what it means to grow up. putting together ikea furniture on a weekend on a sunday when you have work the next day and it's 10 o'clock and your wife trying to go to sleep and here you are trying to put the rest of the glass doors together because you procrastinated on it that's that's what it means to be 30 that's my price see and that's the contrast you're working on a a documentary and i'm fucking working on ikea furniture (laughs) jesus that's terrible
Yeah, but you have a house and I don't, so there's there's that. Uh, don't even get me started on that. I'm, I can't believe like you can control your entire house on your phone. That's that's a trip. I can, yeah. Well, I'm very connected. I'm that kind of person. <laughs> I don't want to be disconnected from anything. If my phone doesn't work or it's running out of battery and I can't change my thermostat one degree in either direction, I'm freaking out. <laughs> I'm like, no, my house is too warm. When I get home, I'm going to be uncomfortable. <laughs> it's one of those. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, Bluetooth everything, TV with my phone, DVR from my phone, even though I don't have a DVR anymore. Got the cable. Yeah, it's that's a modern age. So I feel like customization is, is just part of who you are. You want everything to be how you want it specifically for your yeah. needs. Yeah, yeah. So whether it be the closet or just the climate when you walk in your house. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very creature of habit. No, I like I enjoy my creature comforts. <laughs> I, I spoil myself. I'm a very particular person. You you hit that right on the head. Yeah. yeah, I'm very particular too, but you take it to another level. I do. I always do. I have to. <laughs> I, I don't think I really realized about, that about you until this moment right now. Wow. See, we're discovering new things about you. We've known each other for... At least 10 years. 2016. Probably marks 10. Yeah. Late 2016. When did you cross? A couple months. In a couple months, 10 years ago. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I believe so. I'm trying to rack my brain. Yeah. Yeah. For for those who aren't familiar, uh, Turg and I met in college, and we were both in fraternities, different fraternities. And I think the way that we probably bonded... Not, I think the way this is probably the way we. This is mm, the way we. Common ground. Uh, he was the president of a Latino fraternity, and he is not of Latino descent. <laughs> and I was the president. I think I was vice president at the time of an Asian fraternity, and I am not of Asian descent. I still question that. What I still think there is an Asian descendant in your lineage, and I probably have a Hispanic thrown in there somewhere, Latino. Yeah. I probably don't. I really, I'm pretty sure I don't. I think we're just along the same, what's, what's it? Wavelength? Funny, no. The funny thing about that is it's, there are a lot of parallels to our lives, even though we live divergent lives at the moment. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. that's the unique part about being who we are, I guess. Mm-hmm. And this is the unique element we bring to the, to the podcast. The way we've bonded more so after graduation has been with, through sports and, it just so happens that I'm from the Los Angeles area and grew up a, a Dodger fan, and you're from San Francisco and grew up a Giants fan. And I don't think since we've graduated, I don't think we've missed a series together, give or take maybe two. Give or take maybe the past two years, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, the whole kid thing happened, so that right. kind of sent me back a little bit in terms of time. Mm. Yeah, kids are very demanding time. was didn't realize how, how true that would be, but I mean, my biggest love is baseball. Nothing will ever take me away from baseball. 182 games, beautiful games, and I, I'd i be hard-strapped to miss one. So we're going to move on to a segment called What's Your Struggle? This is where we discuss hardships, anything that we're facing throughout our daily lives that might provide a little bit of resistance. And mine is trying to find my inner calm. I've noticed I'm a bit on the aggressive side, both at work and in my personal life. Really? Yeah. You don't get that from me? I don't. Really? I, I don't think you're an aggressive person. Hmm. Maybe I'm overthinking it. 
and I've overdeveloped this uh, persona that doesn't really personify myself. It's the uh, excuse the deliberate redundant use of wording, but it goes without saying that I think we all have this perception of ourselves that might not truly fit what other people see. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm a little too ahead of myself and I kind of stumble. I trip myself up a lot. So I was trying to rack my brain of where this idea came up. I was listening to something or watching something and someone that I look up to as uh, um, an idol, not an idol, but as a, as a, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Role model? Yeah, role model. There you go. Thank you. Someone I look up to as a role model in in the celebrity world was mentioning that they had delved or kind of tinkered with Zen Buddhism. Hmm. So I got on this whole Zen Buddhist trip uh, past few days, and I was looking for a Zen Buddhist center to kind of learn how to meditate and find my inner calm. I used to meditate in high school. I don't think I knew what meditation was and i feel like right now more than ever getting to this point in my life where i kind of need to settle myself down and be a little bit more calculated and Mm -hmm. not as impulsive as i am is very important for developing future endeavors and i was really trying to get on this meditation calm not cutting people off when they're talking letting thoughts develop instead of forcing them out prematurely, mm-hmm. um, just kind of maturing myself uh, mentally, socially, uh, professionally. And I feel like Buddhism, Zen Buddhism, and, and the meditation aspect of it, really, not, not the religion aspect of it, um, will help me achieve that calm because of the way they they approach life and living and focus Mm -hmm. so i was i was researching a little bit on meditation and the different types of meditation the one type that uh sprung out at me was the focus type of meditation i forget off the top of my head what it was called obviously my research wasn't that intensive (laughs) and i didn't write it in my bullet journal because i don't think i had my bullet journal at the time well it wasn't today right it wasn't today so today is my first day of bullet journaling um and it it forces you to focus on one thing whether it be your breathing your heartbeat mm-hmm. um an object um whatever that one thing was it forces you to focus on that one thing and know that one thing and as you meditate over and over over the weeks months years you're focusing on that maybe not the same thing but that one object and you're trying to kind of center yourself mm-hmm. around that one object and that fo- forces you to really slow things down and see things for what they really are. And and I I hope, this is what I hope to get out of it, I hope to get a little bit more mental acuity out of it. Because I've noticed over the years, I'm not as sharp as I used to be. Mm-hmm. Forget a lot of things. And hopefully, coupled with a bullet journal and getting my thoughts on paper and not in my head rolling around in there to where they're taking up all that space, Coupled with the bullet journal, I hope meditation can get me to that point. Absolutely. And so that's kind of where I am right now with that. And it's frustrating. 
because I can't find a Buddhist Zen center that's near me. I think I found one in Eagle Rock. And meditation is actually free. You can go there. You can show up. It's a suggested donation, but they don't twist your arm about it. Right. Even though I have a feeling they will somehow, yeah. some way. I'm, I was just scoffing at how far it is. That's <laughs> Eagle Rock. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's that, far. that is not close. No. Uh, it's not incredibly far. It's not end of the earth far. I mean, I'm 15 minutes out of downtown on a good day. Right. Eagle Rock will be about the same. Maybe 20, 25 really? minutes. Oh, yeah, not so bad. it's not so bad. Well, I um, I had my first experience with meditation probably a few years ago. And not to say life-changing, but it was perspective-altering. And I really enjoyed it. And I haven't dove much into it until this year, actually. One of my students was, you know, came to me saying she was having a hard time. And I was like, you need to get some more perspective. Have you tried meditation? And she's like, no. Um, can you help me with that? And I... I don't know anything about that, but my friend that does, does do that. I actually just shot her a message and I was like, Hey, what do I do? And she's like, Hey, just type this in on YouTube and, and this will give you your, uh, I forget what it's called, but it's, it's the, the give that, that sound where you're like, not a clay pot, but a meditation bowl or something like that, just to give the sound to focus on. Mm. And then you eat that one thing, right? That one thing, right. It's either you, 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 you zone in on that and then you, focus on your breathing but i bring that up just because one that's really interesting because i've actually been wanting to get back into that myself this year too mm. uh just to have starting my day with that i i've i've heard a lot of people say that it gives them a lot of clarity to start their day and i think i need i need some of that because i mean part of the bullet journal was one to get my clear my thoughts and and, mm. and not forget things because forgetting things is, is the worst uh especially when you have like deadlines and certain things do fees and whatnot don't want to incur that but i just just even take hold of my day for the moment i wake up not be so groggy that's a very good point taking a hold of your day and not letting your day control you mm -hmm. more times than not we're fighting time mm -hmm. we're fighting time absolutely it's like an all-out war sometimes in my head trying to make use of every minute and the funny part about that is the more you fight it the harder the battle becomes to win mm-hmm it's like a never-ending – it's a, it's an unwinnable war. Yeah. And it sucks. But you're right. Meditation should. I Theoretically, on, on paper, sounds great. Right. The problem that we both face, I, I fear, is establishing a routine. Right. That's Yeah, that's definitely the hardest part is the routine factor. Sorry. I was playing with my hands. <laughs> you you hand-farted. <laughs> But going back to to the meditation, I think when I went back, when I went back, when I was talking about the perspective altering, uh, I remember this great analogy I heard years ago uh, about chess, right? Mm -hmm. If you're trying to attack your problems face on, you can't see everything around you because you're looking at just the one thing that's right in front of you at the moment. Going through life with blinders on, so to speak. Right. But when you're able to take a step back and you see the entire chessboard, you see what else could be coming after that particular obstacle or thing that's in your way at the moment chess is a good analogy i suck at chess maybe that's what we should do we should start playing chess before our podcasts <laughs> if, you play, if you play chess against a shitty player does that mean that you're not really good at chess uh no it, you play yeah. chess you play chess for the sake of playing chess okay whether whether it's win or lose it's to gain the experience hmm I have no patience for chess. 
I really don't. Maybe meditation will help with that. <laughs> I am going to meditate so I can learn to play chess. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole end game right there. But ideally, uh, I feel like that we're on the right track with where where our thoughts are now. The challenge becomes, the struggle becomes, how we're going to actually put that into motion. Now, we did this podcast like so quickly mm-hmm. because we felt like we could reap the benefits out of this whole endeavor quickly. You know, the, the return on investment time-wise, energy-wise was rapid. Mm-hmm. Is it maybe because the investment, the return on investment rather, is it so far-fetched for these other endeavors that we just get discouraged? That we don't necessarily like, we, we are so, huh. okay, in the digital age, we are so oriented on instant results. Because you have everything at your fingertips right now. If something doesn't take off instantly, it's frustrating. It's mm-hmm. discouraging. Oh, so yeah. is that primarily why we're so fickle? We don't stick with things. We don't see things out. I know I don't. I'm not speaking for you in any way. I mean, I've definitely been guilty of that in the past. And having to recognize when something isn't working versus when something hasn't had enough time to work. Mm. That's that's definitely, especially like marketing campaigns that I've worked on. That's I had a brilliant uh, you know idea and it didn't take off the first day and I was like I failed this is this is the worst idea ever yeah but you need to let that seed grow had to let plant, it grow had right? to let it grow yeah it's eh, it's one of those really troubling things where where I think as a society we're running out of patience mm-hmm. it's very discouraging but it, it, it's such it's like a virus it's a plague. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the big disconnect is for the the generation ahead of us versus the younger people in our generation. Yeah. On the tail end of that whole millennial front. Mm-hmm. Yeah. O- on the front end, I would say, yeah, because we're, we're close to the front end of that millennial front, if not, you know, on the cusp. That's definitely something that is trending in mm-hmm. this current yeah. age. Yeah. And... Our social media endeavors, speaking of Twitter and all that, our social media endeavors, I don't even think we have uh, – We you said earlier today I think we have a Facebook page. Uh, it's not live yet. I was still figuring it out. Do we even have a name for this? I don't think we do. Well, I mean, we do, we do have a name for it. It's Talk 30 to me. Right. Yeah, Talk 30 to me. But, you know, because we have a, a URL that doesn't match the title, there's a frustration there. Yeah. Because we weren't patient. Yeah, because we weren't patient, right? So we had this. We ended up buying five URLs in the span of a week just to cover yeah. bases. Yeah, so we got to pick one and stick with it. But yeah, I don't think we have a Facebook. Or we have a Facebook, rather. I don't think we have a Twitter. We don't have an Instagram, but we're, no. we're going to work on those. We'll and probably keep you all posted as yeah. to what we do with that. More likely than not, it'll just be us being <clears throat> completely transparent, giving personal social media accounts and just yeah we can do that in, in conjunction with yeah a, you with a cash tag for the for the podcast yeah well not only that but creating a parent account to kind of house our personal accounts under mm-hmm. uh god these apps on the phones are so great because you can uh with tweet deck and all that you can have multiple twitter accounts on your phone and tweet from them simultaneously mm-hmm. and you could do auto tweeting now and just repeat put it on a loop and just keep spamming people with our podcast link until they get sick and tired of it and <laughs> eventually click it and then realize that we're actually talking about something that yeah they might have thought about but not invested the amount of time that we're we're focused on right 
And God, we're probably going to listen to this, what, a few more times? I mean, We're recording it right now. We'll probably listen to it probably Go, three, four times. Before Smitty, or, uh, releasing it. Yeah, and then we'll we'll be so invested in this ourselves that the next episode will It'll just really be so It'll really hurt our awesome. feelings if you don't listen. Exactly. <laughs> so listen, please. Said, um, tell your friends. And that's, that's the whole point of podcasting. It's word of mouth. Uh, not only social media, social media can only take us so far at the infancy of this project, but tell your friends. And maybe this doesn't strike a chord with you personally, but it might strike a chord with someone you know. And and you don't know that until you give them the opportunity to listen to it. And they might never know about it unless you tell them about it. So share a link. Say, hey, you're in your 30s, approaching your 30s. What do you think? And... We have a really great lineup of guests. Uh, we're going to have a lot of guests on in the future. We don't have a guest today formally. We do, actually. Randy, do you want to go ahead and introduce him? Yes. Tonight we have John Sankeys. Sankeys is a Los Angeles-based filmmaker and producer who has also been working with me on the 30 film. Uh, oh, look at the time. Uh, looks like we have oh, to go. Yeah. Okay. Well, Sam Keys, we'll get to you next week, hear what you have to say. All right, everyone. Thank you for joining us on this week's edition of Talk 30 to Me. I'm Turg. You can find me at the underscore ruined on Twitter. Go ahead and follow me. And we have... And I am Randy Z. You'll find me everywhere. I am RandyZ.com. I am Randy Z on Twitter. Uh, and then about.me slash I am Randy Z. I'm not fancy with all that kind of stuff. Find me on Twitter. Find him everywhere else. This is us signing off. Turg. Randy. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Good night. I thought it went well. <laughs>